welcome back to this week's podcast episode. I'm your host, Elena Stoddard, and I don't know if you can tell by the title of this episode, but I am super pumped because today I'm going to be telling you about Japan. What? Crazy, right? Crazy. So you're like, why are you telling me about Japan? I feel like... I feel like that's such an interesting thing to be talking about. Like, just kind of, it came out of left field. So, I'm not sure, but if you listen to my last podcast episode, I mentioned that at the time that it was uploaded, I was actually abroad for spring break, which, one, that's just, that's super cool. And two, I'm really happy I was able to go because, you know, it takes a lot of means to be able to travel. But yeah, I was in Japan for my spring break. And you might be thinking, okay, why were you in Japan? Was it just for shiggles? Just for shits and gigs? Were you over there to visit family if you're Japanese? Like, what was happening? Well, I was taking a class there, actually. So my university here offered a class where they take you to Japan and, like, during the school hours, so like it was around 9 a.m. to like 3 in the afternoon, we'd be in our quote unquote class and we would just go around Japan. Like my professor had a bunch of things lined up for us to do and see, and it didn't even feel like class. Honestly, the guy was more of like a tour guide than a actual professor per se. Like, there was no sitting down and having a lecture and having to take notes. It was always like, okay, gang, like, we're gonna go look at this temple, and what I want you to think about is X, Y, and Z, and observe this type of art and this architecture, and what do you think about how they use this space here? So even though it was a marketing class, it felt honestly more like an art type visual arts class, really. And so I'm just going to be telling you a list of cool things that I observed from being abroad. And obviously, disclaimer, all of these things are my opinion because in the end, I'm truly a foreigner to Japan. So what do I really know? So yeah, that's my little disclaimer and let's get into it. So the first thing that I feel like most foreigners say when they visit Japan is just It is so, so clean there. Oh my goodness, so clean. So I don't know if you are from New York or if you're from Chicago, if you've seen either of the subway systems in either of those cities, especially New York, you know it is not clean. Clean is probably the last word you would use to describe the New York City subway system. But Japan, oh my goodness, I would literally sit on the floor of a Japanese subway car, or even just any of their trains there. Like, it is so clean. I'm talking probably cleaner than your own personal car. And that's insane. And the subways and the above-ground trains, the seats, they almost have, like, this soft, felty feel over it. It's kind of like how most buses are, because you know how, like, at least in New York, the subway seats are, like, plastic metal? Well... In Japan, that's not the case, and it's literally to the point where some trains have heated train seats. I kid you not, they are heated because they are that felty, nice material of, like, per se, let's say, like, a bus seat. Like, it's so nice, and it's not even just the trains that are so clean. The city itself is 
very clean for a city. And I'm pretty privileged, and I can say that I've seen several international cities. Like, I've seen London, New York, Chicago, and out of all those cities I've been to, Japan is definitely the cleanest. And I think that this kind of follows into my next point that I noticed there, is that everyone there follows the rule. Obviously, we know that Japan is a collectivist society, which differs from the United States. The United States is an choking on my words, is an individualistic society. And you can kind of tell by these words, like if you didn't know, a collectivist society is where people more think in what's going to be good for the majority of a whole. Like in Japan, everyone there, they just want to fit in. And it's not like the coming of age, OMG, they need to like me type fit in. No, it's genuinely like a, I need to conform to society and match what everyone else around me does. You know, like you just don't want to be out of place. When I was kind of observing this, my professor put it into very good words. And he said that the nail that sticks up is the one that gets hammered down. And so kind of just once again adding to the idea that everyone really wants to fit in and hence that's why they all follow the rules, you know, like whereas here in America, since we are very individualistic, we are very like, do what works best for you, you alone. And I mean, for lack of a better word, we're a little more selfish, you know, I think it's just the way that America was founded on, you know, the idea of the American dream, work hard, you can do anything you want to do if you just pursue your dreams, you know, that type of narrative. So I think that's where the two differ a lot. For example, one really clear depiction of this idea of Japanese society really following the rules is if you've ever been down to a subway, you know that there are two sides to a stair. Maybe not even just a subway, like in a museum, in a school, whatever. And you know how a lot of stairs have like an up and a down arrow? So like one side is meant for people to only walk up and the other side is meant for people to only walk down. Well, in once again, I'm just going to use New York as an example. In New York, if a train just got let out with people, everyone is running down the stairs. It doesn't matter if it was an up quotation mark staircase or down staircase. Like, it doesn't matter what those little painted arrows say. People are just going down the stairs. You know, they're going, they're taking up both sides. But in Japan, the difference is, I witnessed literally a whole mob of people moving to a new train platform and people would only walk on the upside. So for example, like imagine a tall staircase in front of you and it's got like a little like railing down the middle and one side says up and one side says down. You saw like swarms, herds, like a crowd of people clumping up the upside and the downside was completely empty even though there was no one else using the downside like efficiency wise it would have been more efficient and saved time if everyone just went up like walked up the stairs the downside but they weren't because technically that's against the rules so i hope that i painted that picture clearly enough for you but that was just something that like kind of blew my mind you know i'm like People in Japan actually listen to the signs. Like if it says one way, like walking, people only walk that one way. 
I mean, that does not fly here in the States, especially not in New York. Oh, and another little detail that I totally almost forgot about now is that in order to let you know that a train is leaving, a little song plays. It's like a little jingle. It's like a dun 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 dun. I don't know if it's actually that, but like each train station doesn't use like um like a rah, you know, like a train horn noise. It's literally little songs and jingles. So that happens when the train is arriving, when it's about to leave, like so when you should board and get off, and then I think it just leaves. I don't know if it plays a song at the end or not. I didn't notice. But the whole reason why they started playing songs instead of like the typical train horn is that the train horn noise would stress people out. It would stress people out and make them be like, oh my God, I gotta hurry. And they'd push and shove. And it would just, you know, make people, ah. And so now by having little tunes, it's more peaceful and pleasant for people. And not even that too, but people also line up like you know when you're waiting to get on a train anywhere here in the states it's just like a mob of people you know but in japan without being asked to people just form lines behind where the doors are going to stop because like it's marked in america the train like where the doors are going to be it's not it's usually not very clearly marked you know so it's just a mob and you get on where you can and you push and shove whatever In Japan, it's not like that. There's literally marks to tell you where the doors themselves are going to be. And people line up. They just do it. So if you're the first one at the train platform, congratulations, you're the first in line. But if you get there two minutes before the train is about to arrive and leave, you have to stand in line behind other people. Which I think is crazy, because once again, in the States, that would never happen. No one would be lining up politely for a train to arrive and then have it arrive to a cute little jingle in a song. Like, that's just not happening. The last thing I'll talk about when it comes to trains is just, I want to point out this idea of cute, soft authority that I saw throughout Japan. So, I I don't think it matters what country it is, but I think any country or nation that you travel to, the government wants some control over its people, right? Because if the government can't control the people, then, you know, chaos is going to ensue and it's just not going to be a fun, flirty, fresh time, you know, for that country. And so here in the States, when you know, some sign is telling you not to do something, like let's say in a train, when you get on a train, they don't want you like running on the train last minute or holding open the doors. So in the subway, it might just say like, do not hold train open with just some like boring black stick figure, you know, kind of like the figures that you see on street crossing signs. So yeah, that's what it would look like in the States. But in Japan, that same message would be conveyed completely different. Like there's this sign that is in a lot of train cars and it's this picture of this really, really cute bunny. Like, so cute. Like, Hello Kitty level cute bunny. And the bunny is stuck, like, in between a closing of two train doors in this picture. It's a cartoon. Don't worry. It's not a real bunny. And this little cute cartoon bunny is, like, crying. Like, it's got little, like, animated-looking tears. And its carrots are falling over all over the place. And it's basically trying to be, like, the same message of hey, don't run through the door last minute, or like, don't hold the doors open on the train. But instead of doing it in like this brute, rude, hard, authoritarian way, 
like you would see here in America, it's this really cute bunny. And you can see other examples of cuteness all around Japan. You know, my professor says that no matter where you go, there will be some cutesy animal telling you what you can and can't do. You know, like even like with certain ways that you can walk or even bathroom signs, it'll be like a cute little cat, a puppy, like just something adorable reminding you to behave. And they don't outrightly say it either. Like once again, like it's the idea of like the bunny losing its carrots. If you get stuck in a door, you are not losing carrots. You are losing like your arm about to be squished. But they don't outrightly say that. So perhaps the reason why people in Japan could also be a lot more, I mean, for lack of a better word, rule following than people like here in America or in New York is just that the government is more polite. Like if you have someone tell you nicely or with a cutesy cartoon to do something, I feel like you'd be more inclined to do it than some harsh dictator or some. Government just brutally yelling at you to do something. So, yeah, that's my other observation that I saw that I really liked about the country. Moving a little bit away from how trains and like the society is a little bit set up, I want to move into fashion. I want to move into the styles that I saw everyone there wear. Because when I first came there and I was wearing like my usual class clothes, like what I would wear here around New York, I felt very, very, very out of place. I definitely looked like a foreigner because all the women in Japan dress completely different. And for reference, I was there in March, which means most of this fashion that I saw was for spring and like getting out of winter. So I noticed that almost everyone in Japan, regardless if they were a man or woman, they all dressed very nice. Like what I mean by this is you saw nobody in sweatpants, almost no one wearing a hoodie or like a crew neck. And if they were wearing a hoodie or a crew neck, it was like a nice one. It was like one of those cool Urban Outfitter hoodies that would cost you like 60 bucks. Like it was no like trashy high school pajama type thing. And all these people too were mainly wearing neutral colors. Like I saw lots of navy, black, light pinks, whites. Like there really wasn't any harsh bright colors. Additionally, a lot of the styles were giving business casual. I mean, I saw no one in jeans, especially light wash jeans or skinny jeans. I didn't see any of that. And the few times I did see jeans, they were like hella stylish baggy jeans, like flare flare cut, like the boot cut ones where it flares out at the legs. That's not a thing there either. So I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, plus most of the men there who were working, they were all in like full suits. So that's formal business attire. So yeah, like you have to dress up and look good while you're in Japan. And that kind of brings me into my next topic, which is the makeup and the look of the everyday Japanese woman. I noticed that the makeup style there is very light and very airy. So what I mean by this is no women there were wearing heavy makeup. It looked like most of them weren't even wearing foundation. 
I'm sure that's not the case. I'm sure many women there do wear foundation, but it looks like they weren't wearing any foundation. And they all had very simple eye makeup, like very big, bright eyes, a little bit of mascara. I know their brows were very nicely filled in and defined, but in a natural way, you know? And they also had very little bits of low-key glitter so for example it wasn't like bright gold glitter it would be like very subtle silver glitter with a little bit of a pink undertone to it you know so it looks very natural and just I thought it was really cool to see the difference of that versus American beauty standards and how women in America prefer to do their makeup which I think is much more across the board and much more you know let your inner artist show and do whatever you want whereas Japan was just more standardized like I don't think I saw any woman who wasn't like clearly goth or something with a different makeup look Honestly, I think I could probably go on for hours, maybe even days about the things I thought Japan did better than the US or that I think that they did different and yeah, but I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna go on for hours. So I'm just gonna wrap it up with this last thought. Actually, two last thoughts. Um, one other little, la- like this is the quick last thought. Um, using coins there in Japan, Everybody has coins because you know how here in the States we are more of a cashless society? You know, you use Apple Pay, credit card, whatever you go. Well, in Japan, a lot of places still use cash. And not only that, but they don't really have small bills. Like their currency is the yen. And I think the smallest dollar bill of a yen is a thousand, which here in the States, to me, that would be the equivalent of only having $10 bills and higher. Like, imagine not having a $5 bill or a $1 bill. But in Japan, they use coins. So coins are pretty prevalent. But besides that, my big last thought is that I really liked how much Japan caters to all ages. So as a society, Japan is aging. Woo, they got a lot of older people. And there's a bunch of like societal reasons why that's happening. Not gonna get into it. But basically, yeah, they have a lot of older people. So there they really respect their elders. Like once again, bringing it back to the train thing, there are designated seats on trains for elderly people. And I know that they do that in other parts of the world. Like they even do that here in the United States. But how many people actually apply to it? Not that many. But in Japan, those seats are usually empty on the train. Even if the train is like packed, they leave the elder slash pregnant woman seats open and they are just really considerate about that type of stuff. Not only that, but I also noticed that in a lot of women's bathrooms, there is stuff set up for children. So for example, I was in like a national park and um, I went into a bathroom stall yeah, to use a bathroom, and I noticed that there was another toilet seat on top of the normal toilet seat, and I was like, what is that for? Like, it almost looks like a toilet lid, but it had a hole in it, and I was like, what is that? And then I realized it's a tiny toilet seat. Like, you put that second lid down, and it makes the toilet, like, half its size, so much smaller, so that a child can use it. 
because I don't think we all remember the age when we were being potty trained, but adult toilets are too big for kids. They'll friggin' fall in. But Japan literally had additional toilet seats on top for children, which I thought was so cool. Not only that, but they also have tiny sinks. Tiny sinks! Like literally next to all the adult women's sinks, there would be one shorter, tinier sink for a kid to use. Or they would also have like one tiny urinal in the bathroom, in the women's bathroom, like if a woman brought her son in there. And I can't speak for the men's bathrooms in Japan. My guess is probably not, just because they expect women to be the ones taking care of the kids. I don't actually know. But I thought that was so nice and considerate. And yeah. Alrighty, so I think that that is going to be it for this week's episode. Like I said one more time, there's so many more things I could be talking about. Maybe I'll even do a part two on this because I do have more things on my list. But these are the first things that I wanted to hit and tell you about. So, as always, thank you for listening to this week's episode, and I will see you next week. Bye!